This is the Institute for Music Leadership. I'm going to start the recording now. Uh, you never know, this may make some for some fun material to pull from. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Create, Inspire, Lead. I'm Stephen Bigner. Today, we have another short episode for you, this time led by DMA student Emma Gearsall. And she's talking with one of her old intern supervisors. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Laura is here. Admit. I think I did it. Hello. Yes. Hi. How are you? Emma interned last fall with the group 5x5 and learned a lot about how a small ensemble works together, makes decisions together, and plans a lot of events, sometimes with multiple partners and collaborators, lots of moving parts. So we wanted to sit down and chat with someone from 5x5 and talk about an upcoming project they have on the horizon and what went into that, especially in the time of COVID. My name is Laura Lentz. I'm artistic director and flutist for the Modern Chamber Quintet 5x5 here in Rochester. Uh, I am uh, a flute professional flutist and teacher. I also teach. Laura also teaches as an adjunct professor at the Rochester Institute of Technology. And before that, for nine years, she was head of the music department at Marymount International School. She also lived in Rome, Italy for a number of years. Uh, that's where she met her husband. Though we couldn't quite figure out the exact time frame. I think I said nine years, which was incorrect. It was actually eight years. Um, yeah, I lived there from uh, 2001 until 2010. 2008, t- 2009, no, 2002. <laughs> okay. To, I'm sorry, 2002. Regardless, we talked about Rome for a while and it sounded amazing. She had moved to Rome to teach English for Procter & Gamble and then ended up meeting her husband there, having her son, before they all moved back stateside in 2008, or was it 2009? Or Anyway, she's here now, and when she got to Rochester... Started talking to some people here in Rochester, and 5x5 was born. And we are flute, clarinet, electric guitar, bass and piano, wide color palette, marvelous instrumentation. And we've been together now uh, since 2015, in fact. Um, We incorporated as a 501c3 nonprofit organization in 2017. And um, we are going strong and um, loving every minute of it. Throughout Emma's interview with Laura, there's this through line of community, being involved, being kind, trying to make changes for the better through music. There's definitely a community organizer component to Uh, being a musician, I think. Even when I asked Laura what her COVID passion project was, it was centered in this selflessness. I ended up creating this beautiful collection called Comfort Pieces for (laughs) solo flute. I had um, nine composers write me, including my son, write me uh, pieces for solo flute. And I compiled it into a collection and uh, all proceeds went to benefit the United Way Crisis Fund. And so I raised like, 350 not a lot of money, but something. We'll link to Laura's website where you can listen to some of those comfort pieces and also watch these short videos with animation that some friends made to go along with the music. Not featured on Laura's website is her current passion project. Another one is I'm learning accordion. Very fun. In your videos, it sounds amazing. I'm awful. 
I'm so terrible. We don't have any accordion playing to share with you, um, but hopefully you can already get a sense of how passionate and warm Laura is. And she was so great to talk to. So without further ado, let's dive into Emma's conversation. All right. So I see you have an event coming up on November 8th called For the Future, the Susan B. Anthony Historic District Music, Art, and Action. I was wondering if you could introduce that event for us. Absolutely. So this is a free uh, virtual program that will celebrate voting, women's rights, and local history. It will involve music, a community discussion, and a neighborhood walk. Uh, it's a partnership of many organizations. Um, it started with a coffee with uh, Larry Francer of the Landmark Society and myself uh, back in 2019 after uh, discovering that uh, Landmark Society had a program called Five to Revive. And so I said to him, that's too good to be true. We have to uh, connect uh, Five by Five and Five to Revive. So we met at Fifth Frame Coffee House here in Rochester at 5 p.m. You know, you got to work it. And we had a lot of fun. We had a, a great time meeting and brainstorming ideas. And um, we knew that Susan B. Anthony's uh, bicentennial of her birth was coming up. We knew the, the 100 uh, the centennial of the 19th Amendment, uh, women's right to vote in New York, was coming up. And so we started brainstorming ideas and um, then met with Don Noto, uh, who is the president of the Susan B. Anthony Neighborhood Association. We uh, decided to commission a new work in honor of Susan B. Anthony and also Lisa Hoffman, a, a resident of the neighborhood, Susan B. Anthony neighborhood for many years who we lost last year, unfortunately. Um, and so this piece is dedicated to her. Um, but it's a, it was supposed to be an in-person event. Uh, it's been moved online. Uh, it'll take place November 8th at 2 o'clock on Zoom. Uh, it's basically, it's free, open to everybody. It'll be a performance of this new work. Actually, we're creating a new video with Mark Webster of Blue on, on Blue Recording Studio. Uh, Rock Music Collaborative is, is joining us, students of uh, that program, Violin uh, uh, Instruction after-school program uh, here in Rochester. And um, we'll be having a community talk back with um, several panelists who will discuss um, the suffrage movement and things that we still need to do. It'll also be an opportunity post-election to reflect on how voting went. Did we have to wait online long? How did the election go? Do we even have results yet? Also an opportunity just to be together it's been a really trying time for us, just all of us. Um, in Rochester, you know, this is our opening uh, event of the season. We were supposed to start back in September at Fringe uh, with an event I can tell you about a little bit later, but um, in collaboration with George Eastman Museum. And um, we felt that we wanted to amplify the voices of people protesting about Daniel Prude's killing, and it didn't feel right to have an event at that particular time. Um, so we decided we wanted to start our season based in Rochester, really celebrating the community and also uh, reflecting on how we can help each other and support each other uh, through music, art, and action. And the event for the future, Susan B. Anthony Historic District, um, bringing together many voices in the Rochester community, leaning on each other, um, and having music be the catalyst for 
conversation and also art and then meeting together um, at the 1872 cafe where Susan B. Anthony voted and was uh, arrested along with several other women. Um, and so that'll be the culmination of the event, sort of a culmination of the event. We'll all meet there and walk around with the uh, signs that we've made during the, during the event. So many moving parts. Um, the catalyst of, for the whole event, for the conversation that will follow uh, is the commission of a new work by Mina Azauri. She's a composer um, who we met here in Rochester who uh, went to the Eastman School of Music, uh, now finishing her master's, I believe, in Stony Brook. And um, she wrote this wonderful work for us. Uh, we've had a, a wonderful support from Humanities New York Action Grant for this event. And um, Rochester Institute of Technology Performing Arts is also uh, supporting this. So uh, lots of wonderful partners and um, organizations. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, you mentioned this project has been in the works since 2019. And so I'm sure you've had to change your vision a lot over the last year, especially with all of the current events, COVID-19, one of the biggest civil rights movements since the 60s, the killing of Daniel Prude and, and having to move the Fringe show. So I think you already did describe a bit of how you had to reshape your vision. I was wondering if you could explain in a bit more detail how you reshape the vision as you continue to add community partners to this event, since you have so many. Yeah, you know, um, I was reminded of a quote of Susan B. Anthony, Anthony this morning, and I just, I want to grab my notes here, and I, I just love it. It says, the older I get, the greater power I seem to have to help the world. I am like a snowball. The further I am rolled, the more I gain. And as we as this event came together, and I remember, Emma, you may have been there when we were discussing this particular quote, and that this event was like a snowball, and we were, it was in the spirit of Susan B. Anthony, and it really has snowballed uh, in a way that is just absolutely wonderful and beyond our, you know, beyond our dreams, because the... The result of this, uh, and during all these difficult times and 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 hardship and and anger and injustice and wanting to, I don't know, feel connected. I think I think this this event really has. It's been the it's been a product of love, a labor of love, and um, the more people that have heard about it have wanted to participate in it. Um, so we've had to adapt. It, it was supposed to be in person. We've had to adapt it for a, as a virtual performance, but we're still trying to have an optional, you know, socially distanced uh, neighborhood walk following the event because we do want, we do feel it's important to be together. Um, but it will take place on Zoom. It will have a community feel. It will probably be a little bit, um, you know, messy in the sense of uh, that we want it to be a community event. That there's kids from rock music and. You know, all of us will be together uh, chit-chatting and making art and sharing music. Um, I do think that, um, you know, it's it's taken some replanning and rethinking about um, how to how to realize this event. But I do think that the end result is going to be something that a lot of people have put a lot of love into. Absolutely, and I think 
putting a lot of love into it. That's exactly what five by five does. I mean, just to read a bit of your um, mission to engage audiences in the collaborative spirit and creativity of modern chamber music by commissioning, arranging and performing a wide range of works for its instrumentation. So I'm wondering in, in your words, why is it so important to engage the community? Um, well, you know, music, I think music can be a connecting force. And I think one thing that we really like to do is create connections with music and art and poetry and dance and architecture and historic preservation and feminism. And, you know, I, we feel like music has a place and in a way to connect people. Um, we also think it's of utmost importance that the music that we play is, it represents as many com composer voices as possible. We, um, you know, uh, composer diversity has been always important to Five by Five. And um, I think that we have recommitted ourselves uh, in light of everything happening to, that that's, you know, that's, we want the music that we play to represent the community in which we live. So we're all community organizers, I feel, in 5 by 5 I feel that we are, you know, we're a nonprofit organization. We want to serve the community. We want to be a part of the community. We want to make a difference in the community. And so new music, the music of today, it has a place in, in making a difference. And so that's what we're trying to do. Um, sometimes it's bigger. Sometimes it's smaller. Sometimes it might just be making a connection between looking at a stained glass a piece of art and hearing music in your mind and make a connection between the colors and the sounds you're hearing. So that's a smaller difference, but it's, a, it's one that I think um, it shows the connection between us all. And I think that that's what 5 by 5 tries to do is to create conversation and, and space for those conversations to happen so that we feel connected to each other. Yeah. And I really love what you said, you're all community organizers. I'm curious, when you were in school, did, did you expect that you would be doing this kind of work? And I'm curious if you have any advice for students who are still in school, what do you wish that you would have learned or studied that would help you do what you're doing today? That's a wonderful question. Um, I actually, personally speaking, I've been a community organizer my whole, you know, from being in college, I, I was involved in making a local currency called Madison Hours. When I lived in Madison, Wisconsin, we decided that we wanted to have, uh, provide wealth to the community. You know, it's idealistic, but it had a good heart. Um, I've been involved in environmental movements and in several different things <clears throat> in, over my life. And um, I think a lot of the lessons that I learned uh, in those experiences, I'm definitely bringing to Five by Five. Um, I do think that musicians are, we are pretty capable folks in, in terms of being able to multitask. We are, um, by nature, I think, we have a good mindset for um, making connections with people. We are generally, you know, we want to make connections as performers, right, with our audiences. And so it's the same thing, making connections in your community. Um, I do think that the important thing is to, if you have something in mind, an idea of how you can make a difference, go for it, do it. Because um, every single person that I've met as artistic director of Five by Five, there hasn't been one person who didn't want to have a conversation about how to include music 
to make the world a better place. And there's an idealism in it, but I think that it's, I think that it, again, it has heart, right? And it has, um, the intent is to try to use music to, to do better for your community in which you live. So um, I would say, trust your instincts. Um, also find mentors to talk to, you know, part of, um, part of the work that I do, I really value people that have, that do similar work as, as we do. And also, um, you know, people that I can lean on and ask for advice about how to perhaps connect with somebody, or I may ask somebody to e-introduce me over email. Um, you know, I think it's important to use the connections that you have to build on those connections. Um, you know, doing this kind of work, I, I do think it's really relationship-based and and um, you know, being kind and empathetic and 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 open to meeting with people, uh, it, it's it's a joy. It really is a joy. Um, but I do think musicians have a good. We have a good start in in knowing how to do that because we are collaborative by nature. We work with each other. We, you know, so I, I do think trust your instincts, but don't be afraid to ask questions and lean on people and ask for advice. Yeah. Yeah, and I really love how you said when you have an idea, you need to just go for it. And that's something the IML talks about so often is you can't wait for an opportunity to fall into your lap, but you have to believe in your ideas and, and talk to people, find mentors and, and make it happen. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to let us interview you for the podcast. It's really, really been awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Special thanks to Laura Lentz for volunteering her time for this interview. We actually chatted a little bit after about some other 5x5 projects coming up, uh, including a series of concerts being designed specifically for those living with autism by partnering with the Rochester Community Foundation for Sensory-Friendly Programming. They've also been awarded a Chamber Music America commissioning grant. There's a series of composer chats coming up. Um, they're also working with the organization Castle of Our Skins, which advocates for black composers. Lots of things percolating. You can find out more on 5x5's website, which we'll link in the show notes. Thank you to Emma Girzal for running the interview and coming up with such great questions for Laura. If you're a student and you'd like to cover a specific topic for the podcast, we'd love to talk with you. You can send me an email to get more information and talk about how we might collaborate. As always, if you have questions, comments, or ideas for a future episode, please contact me. My email is linked in the show notes, and you can comment on our SoundCloud page as well. Go out, make art, do good work. From the IML, I'm Stephen Bigner. Until next time.